Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower and we are glad you joined us. If you would like to write to us, you can go to our contact page on warren-usa.com and send us your letter and your prayer request and your questions. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag Warren Radio and hashtag WatchmanIS216. On Instagram, use hashtag Warren Radio. LinkedIn, use hashtag Watchman. You can join us on USA.life or MeWe by using hashtag Warren Radio. Join us on Parlor by at WatchmanDGS and CloudHub by at Warren Radio. And you can listen to our shows through the following carriers Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio. Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Anchor, and Podchaser. And of course, you can go to warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com to listen as well. The fall feasts that are coming up are is the Day of Atonement from the 20th evening of September 27th to the evening of September 28th is the Day of Atonement. It's a high holy day. And then the um, evening of October 2nd to the evening of October 10th is the Feast of Tabernacles. And please take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchman. And this week we feature... Greatest Miracles, Simple Faith. Also, Christian Truth and Warrior Faith. And you can go to danaglinsmith.com to read those articles. And we also have a description of his book you can go read. It's um, Read Nephilim, the 13th Floor, Lucifer Risen. And that can also be read on danaglinsmith.com. And now, I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and also follow us on Twitter find us on Instagram and join us on LinkedIn Greetings Dana, how are you doing tonight? Well I'm doing good I can't believe, can you believe it? 
we are 24. Yeah, this is the last Thursday of September. I just can't believe oh, it. Oh, me either. I was thinking about that earlier. Well, I'll tell you, I'm glad to be here to get my mind off the news and what's going on to the, in the world and get on the Word of God. That's what we need to do is focus on the Word of God. It is. So I'm excited to be here. Thank God. You have to focus on the Lord, and especially now. You know, and you know how long we've we've warned about, uh, you know, the persecution was coming to American Christianity for many years. I never thought I would see it, though. Yeah, there were arresting Christians today when they were singing gospel songs out in front of a, of a city hall, where they, of course, city hall had banned apparently. Uh, from what I understand, a band, uh, banned them from church. And, of course, they in some places, they banned them from singing in church. Ridiculous. How can you go to church and not sing? Well, they did this as, as a protest, so the, the getting arrested was, they expected it. They knew that they would do that. But you see, the thing of it is, we've got a lot of woods that you can go out in and sing to the Lord. You know, and, and this is the thing about America. You know, you look at it and you see them handcuffing Christians and it dawns on you that when America begins to lock up Christians and hating Christians, you know we're getting close to the end. That's right. Because all my life we have been free really free. And we have a guy in there, Donald Trump, that wants to make America great again and have it the freest, best place on earth. And he, uh, you know, and I've heard the personal testimonies just about every uh, kind of, uh, you know, I mean, every race there is, whether it's black or white or Hispanic or whatever, you know, I've heard a lot of them. Uh, and uh, there was one brother, uh, uh, in the 60s, we used to call them all soul brothers. Um, and, uh, you know, he was just saying, you know, that for the first time, because of Donald Trump, he has hope. But then you look at these knuckleheads on the street. And today I, I saw a short video, and I, and I don't spend a lot of time. I haven't, it was just in the afternoon a little bit. I, I don't immerse myself in this anymore. I don't follow it. I, I keep uh, just a good enough track to know generally what's going on. I, I think the whole thing is corrupted. I think your technology has corrupted the youth. Uh, the Internet is corrupted. Um, you know, our technology is corrupted. And those that are using it are corrupted, many of them. And, and, and I'm speaking to techies. That's right. High-tech Facebook and a lot of these others. Well, at any rate, the way they were treating that black cop, these bunch of punks, you know, you wanted to reach through the video and, you know. I lost you! Yep, I know this thing. I need to get a couple of new mics. Well, we will one of these days. And it, it just goes out. And, yeah, you uh, want to reach through there and just slap them silly. Yeah. And I didn't even touch the mic. It just does that. So I've got mm -hmm. a short in both of them. But uh, they generally do all right. And uh, we've, uh, I've had them. I think these are actually fairly new ones. 
So we got to get some new mics, but that's nothing new. At, at any rate, you know, so it just makes you sick when you look at it. You know their mom and dad never spanked them. And and they were some of them were dressing up as Jews because of the of course the fall feasts mocking the Jews I guess that's, I don't I don't know these terrible and you know and they were flipping the bird to this guy and they were like standing right in front of him and he wasn't moving and they had the fingers out there you know now I know why this one lieutenant or uh, he was an officer uh, you know a policeman who who wrote a letter and it got leaked to the press probably on purpose uh, talking about these punks uh, and he was talking about those that were doing this stuff and how they were getting away with it and you know it's quite a letter but can you imagine you're sitting there you know you're you're trying to uphold the law and be honest and all these knuckleheads have to do is oh, stand there and mock you. And you can't arrest them because the idiot mayor won't let you. Yeah. And uh, That, I think, is... I just don't agree with that at all. I don't think the mayor should have that much power. Now, in Kentucky, where they were doing this, a lot of this... Now, they did uh, do some arresting. So I don't know where this other cop was at. I don't know whether he was in Portland but I, I saw him in Portland, though, a video where the cops were in cars and backing up for Black Lives Matter as they advanced down the street. And there was the, the one group I seen, there was like 20 of them. And uh, it, the word came out that the mayor and the city council had to capitulate to BLM. And BLM thinks you have too many cops. And the reason is, is, is that with more cops, they can't get away with what they want to do. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think uh, someone in in Oregon needs to get up off their butts and go on up to Portland, and into the the state capital, and they need to throw the mayor out and and uh, uh, throw the the governor out if they're not going to rule like this is America because they have no right to rule it the way they are. This is America and every state is in America and we have a constitution and every and every mayor. And every a defense me. attorney and every, you know, official has to, you know, swear an oath to the U.S. Constitution, the Constitution of the state and local jurisdiction, wherever they're at. That's right. But see, they swear an oath, but they're liars because they follow these other goals that Soros and others are, are backing as well. So we're really in a mess. We really are. We and are. It's sad. It's tragic. Yeah. Well, at any rate, we're going to have to go. I want we got to get on okay, this. Okay. So tonight we are in part sixty-four, the Death Covenant or the Mercy of God. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. The Death, the Death Covenant. You know, even at Sinai, Israel had a choice. They had a choice. Moses detailed it in Deuteronomy, and he said this, But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. And that's in Deuteronomy 30, uh, 14 through 15. 
So when we get into this segment, you'll find Isaiah speaking the same words. And, you know, it, it's an amazing thing to me when I go through these and then I see what's happened in America. In Isaiah 28:15, and we're starting this out. Because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell we are at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Now you see, the nation of Judah would not, you know, and of course within Judah, the key to, to all of Judah is Jerusalem. That was the Davidic city. It was where the, the prophets were, the priests were. That's where the, you know, where you would go if you wanted to hear the word of God. That's where you where you would go. The final word came out of that place. But they, you know, Jerusalem itself ignored. And, of course, the agreements they began making. And, of course, this was during, um, you know, the time of the prophets, a time where Israel was bound by the Sinai agreement and they were making other agreements with other people and they were living how they wanted to there there was um, uh, Jeremiah details a lot of this uh, um, passing their children through fire unto Baal and a lot of other things Ashtaroth uh, uh, the queen of heaven and I mean many many others they So we have this going on, and here you have this. Rather than depending on the Lord, Jerusalem had made an agreement with Egypt against Assyria. Now see, today we don't think anything of it when we're making agreements. We have a United Nations, there's all kinds of agreements that go on, there's agreements that go on outside of the United Nations. There's just a lot of things going on. And so, within all of this, today, you know, we, we as the Gentile nations, we're not under this kind of a covenant. But we are under this thing where... God is the governor of the nations. He observes what's going on. And you're not free to just do whatever you want to. Now, of course, it may seem like you're free, but in the end, God is going to judge you for it, whether the judgment is right away or whether the judgment is after you die. Now, it's really one of those things that Judah, having the agreement that they had made, the same agreement that David followed, the same agreement that uh, Moses talked about to them, and he even told them that they would fall back on it. And then there was Joshua and Caleb and, and, and the group of Israelites that they took into the Promised Land, all of whom followed it. And so there was a history there with them doing this, and depending on Jehovah God alone, and, of course, you fast forward, and what we could ask today is, as Christians, we should be depending on the Lord God and on our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. We are to walk in the light as he is in the light, First uh, John chapter 1. Uh, we're to be born again to the Spirit, 
John chapter 3, we're to receive him, John chapter 1. I mean, we have a lot of guys. So we have this going on. And here you have this. Rather than depending on the Lord, Jerusalem had made an agreement with Egypt against Assyria. Now see, today we don't think anything of it when we're making agreements. We have a United Nations, there's all kinds of agreements that go on, there's agreements that go on outside of the United Nations. There's just a lot of things going on. And so, within all of this, today, you know, we, we as the Gentile nations, we're not under this kind of a covenant. But we are under this thing where God is the governor of the nations. He observes what's going on. And you're not free to just do whatever you want to. Now, of course, it may seem like you're free. But in the end, God is going to judge you for it. Whether the judgment is right away or whether the judgment is after you die. Now, it's really one of those things that Judah having the agreement that they had made, the same agreement that David followed, the same agreement that uh, Moses talked about to them, and he even told them that they would fall back on it. And then there was Joshua and Caleb and, and, and the group of Israelites that they took into the Promised Land, all of whom followed it. And so there was a history there with them doing this and depending on Jehovah God alone. And of course you fast forward and what we could ask today is as Christians we should be depending on the Lord God and on our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. We are to walk in the light as he is in the light. First uh, John chapter 1. Uh, we're to be born again to the Spirit. John chapter 3. We're to receive him. John chapter 1. So in all respect here, you know, uh, as far as comparing, uh, uh, comparing us to the children of Israel, you know, Christians uh, should be given quarter, uh, you know, first charge, first contact uh, to the Lord God who we serve as believers. And, you know, uh, Paul even talks about Christians that, you know, should not be making covenants with darkness, with hell, with those that serve that. It's called being unequally yoked in the modern uh, Christian era. But the bottom line of it is, is you can't have one foot in hell and one foot in heaven. One foot or one hand shaking the devil and the other hand trying to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. It don't work that way. So if you, if you compare the two, whether we're a Christian today or whether you're Israel before, you're either going to have an agreement with those that you follow and follow it, or you're not. And so... Isaiah is telling them that they have fallen back on that. And when this overflowing scourge, that is, when Assyria comes through, um, it's going to be a mess. Now, see, the thing of it is here, 
is that when Assyria did come through, um, they did end up stopping at the gates of Jerusalem, but before they got there, they pillaged and did a lot of things before they ever got there. So um, Judah wasn't totally out of it in this. And these people, for the most part, have decided that they would make the agreement, decided that they would overlook uh, what any trespasses they might have done with the Lord. Um, and uh, they, in fact, you know, were lying to themselves. They were ignoring, you know, you know, it's okay if we do this. God isn't going to mind. Well, he did mind. And it's the same thing with a Christian who is supposed to be following the Lord and walking in the Spirit and doing the things that we should be doing quite plainly lined out by the apostles and we do other things we know that are wrong. And we do them anyway, and most of the time today we think, well, you know, I can always ask the Lord to forgive me. But see, there are some very potent scriptures that we have in the New Testament that most people even ignore. The bottom line of it is, is that there is a thing, an equally yoked, and that's exactly what uh, Israel was doing when they were making agreement with heathen Egypt. They couldn't be trusted. And Egypt wasn't going to stop Assyria anyway, but the rulers thought that together that they would. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is... Now, if we look at... Uh, in uh, this chapter, we're in 28, verse 16. Now, if we look back to verse 2... It says, Behold, the Lord has a mighty and strong one, which has a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, has a flood of mighty, wa mighty waters overflowing, shall cast down to the earth with the hand. <clears throat> and that's the Lord when he's sending judgment into a certain area. Now, in verse 7 of that same thing, it says, But they have also, this is speaking of Judah, erred through wine and through strong drink, or out of the way the priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Now, if you talk about tables, if you get into the main temple itself, there's a place that you need to keep clean all the time in there. And only God knows what they were doing and what it really looked like. But see, from Isaiah's standpoint, it was a mess. So what we have is, really, there is a comparison, as I've said previously. But the thing of it is, is that God is judging Israel because he doesn't want them and who can blame him, to be doing things that bring forth death. <coughs> Excuse me. The Lord God had told Israel, do not do the things that the nations are doing. What do the apostles tell Christians? Friendship with the world is an enmity with God. The Lord said, you know, if the world hates you, you know, you're not a stranger. It hated me before it hated you. And so, as believers, we're to be separated, and Israel was to be separated to the Lord their God. Well, at this point in time, they weren't, and that's why Isaiah was sent to warn them. 
because the temple had prophets and they had priests and they had, uh, of course, uh, the political establishment. You know, and you could say, well, political establishment, yeah, look at the division we have in America. And, you know, when you're talking about politics, politics plays a great role in a nation. And we can list, I can list you nations where politics, North Korea, okay, and South Korea, two totally different. One, you can be a Christian at, the other one you can't, unless it's in secret. And if they ever catch you, you're, yeah. You and your family are dead. China is making war against God and every Christian there. And, of course, we find this throughout. And in Israel, when we found a good king that served the Lord God, honestly, like Hezekiah, he did have a few issues, but he was pretty much a good king. And, and so everything was fine. And so by the time Assyria came around and they were going to go out, Hezekiah was in charge. And he was fasting and praying. That's what he should have been doing. I mean, he was praying, and and he called the prophet in. And, of course, Assyria did not take him over. God protected them. And this is where it really gets interesting, because right in the middle of all of this, we have a prophecy that we actually use in, in the New Testament church today. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Now, you see, God is putting forth his prophet to tell him that they needed to turn around. Now, it would, would be eventually that Jeremiah was tasked, among others, to continue to tell Judah, Jeremiah was the main one that that was uh, that we know of that prophesied for years and years and years and warned Israel and they wouldn't listen. And so there's a message that goes forth, and the messenger, you know, at one time Jeremiah didn't even want to give it. You know, he was he was through, and the Lord God did tell him he needed to repent. But Jeremiah said, I, I'm weary with holding it in. I can't stop from speaking. So he continued to speak out. And But see, they couldn't get any truth from the prophets and priests. The prophets and priests wouldn't tell them the truth, wouldn't tell anybody the truth, because they didn't know the truth. And so, you know, today, you know, Look at us. Look at Christianity. Look at the war that's going on in the nations. I mean, we have many nations that are shaken right now. Many, many nations are going through trials and tribulations. And not to mention the fact you get into the, in, into the whole situation that, you know, many people feel that, that we're just uh, pretty much at the end of the rope, that Christ is going to come any time. You know, CBN ran a story the other day where they said people were, it was in Florida, they were running in the streets to get saved. And that was the headline. And, of course, there's been a few other uh, places, including up in uh, Seattle, I think it was, or Portland, one of the two. And they had a great response. 
uh, of people wanting to come to the Lord. Now, at the same token, on those same streets, we have Black Lives Matter and Antifa that burn and pillage and rage through town. So you've got two things. You've got life and you've got death. And that's what God pretty much offers all men. You got life and you got death. You know, during the during uh, the te- Testament period of the prophets and Israel, Israel had the you know the covenant, the Sinai covenant. And Yahshua, when he came, he said, "I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law." And so God had created it to where He would He would make a way for everybody, so they wouldn't have that. And He is known as that foundation stone. And uh, in prophecy, that's what he is looked at as fulfilling. But you see, the thing of it is, is that the prophet is is giving. And, and, you know, when you look at a prophet, sometimes it seems to be always a bad message. I mean, we've been in Isaiah now for 28 chapters. <laughs> And four chapters ago, we were going through chapter 24, and uh, I call it Isaiah's Apocalypse chapter. I mean, you go through some of these chapters, it's not very encouraging, because you see what's coming. But that's why a lot of people, when they see the Old Testament and the prophets, they think, oh man, you know, and and even unbelievers think that God is a vengeful God. But... uh, the bottom line here is that God sent his son and he's full of mercy and grace. And so the prophet is, is giving these judgments and speaking to them. And of course, you know, I mean, look at the, look at the language like Isaiah 28, seven, they have erred through, through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred. They're, they're swallowed up of wine. They're out of the way through strong drink. They are in vision. They stumble. In other words, they're wrong. They're drunks. They're, they don't have any idea what's going on. All the tables are vomit and filthiness. I mean, that's telling you like it is. You know, your church is a mess. Your people don't follow the Lord. Uh, the pastor don't even believe in the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Half your people don't even believe that the Word of God is the Word of God anymore. Uh, faith in America is an easy peasy place many times, and you have all these uh, nice big churches who have been teaching for decades and upon decades that the only reason you need to get saved is so you can have the biggest car and the biggest house and the biggest bank account, and then that will persuade them uh, to become a Christian. Now, I've, I've, I'm very, very much so. If you are a Christian and a follower, I can tell you the name of the evangelist that said that, uh, and uh, I paraphrase a little bit, uh, but. Uh, um, you know, there's there's another little phrase they said as well. It says, you can't have joy without money. That comes directly from one of them. This was one of the biggest evangelists that you can find in America. And I'm not talking about Billy Graham, and I sure ain't talking about Franklin Graham. This is on the other end of the spectrum. And uh, so you, you better understand something. When we start talking about judgment for Israel, you look at the Christian church, you understand something. Because God sends fire and he sends chastisement. This church is going to go through chastisement. Many of you are hoping to go out in the rapture before you see any trouble. I got news for you. You're going to see trouble. We already have trouble around the world and we go through this every week. And we talk about it on our advocacy program and we tell you where the trouble spots are. We give you what's going on as long as as well as the miracles. But you see, the thing of it is, is that this does refer uh, um, 
Albert Albert Brooks says this particular verse says that it refers to the Messiah, and and it does. And I only put that in there because, you know, that's what it is. You know, that's what we look, and you see. The calamity that that would come would remove the vestige of the Jewish people and of the true religion. It could wipe them out. Now, see, he did send them uh, into captivity at the time of Babylon when they attacked. There was nothing left. The temple was gone. Everything. It just totally wiped out. But you see... The hope of Zion, the the hope that we have, is not built on dirt. You see, the dirt today in Jerusalem, the city, we call it a holy city, but that's not a holy city. It has blood. It has a lot of blood guilt. Now it's a sacred place because a lot of people have died. But in order to build the third temple, even to make it to where it's ready for uh, the real true end of days and this whole thing to kick off, that temple has got to be got to be cleansed of the blood guilt. The ground has got to be cleansed, and the Jews know it. There's a lot of blood on that ground. There's a lot of blood. There's Muslim blood, Christian's blood, many other kind of blood. And you have Muslims as well that continue to do that, make war against Israel. So, you know, in Revelation, Jerusalem is known as Sodom and Egypt. Both of those represent uncleanness. And so you have to understand something that in the midst of what Isaiah is saying, he's talking about a future here and that the Jews would be part of it. They're they're not going to be destroyed. God is not going to allow them to be destroyed. But he is going to shake them. And he is going to make sure this sin will cease. He's not going to put up with it any longer. Now see, by the time the Assyrians come in, and they had a vast army, and then of course the angel of the Lord killed all the army of the of the Assyrians... Sennacherib went back and he was in the temple of his God and his two sons slew him while he was praying. That was another judgment of God. You don't get away from God's judgment. Now see, in America, you can play around. In America, you may think you have trouble. Now, uh, you have time. But see, we have a lot of young people that don't realize the danger that they're in. In one of the posts that came over through our, our feed today, there was a young woman who was talking about how she was inspired. And I'm not sure uh, who she was inspired by, but she said she was inspired to serve uh, uh, Lucifer or Satan. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, this is so true. Years ago, I had a young man that contacted us, and I talked with him for quite a while uh, through several emails but he was convinced he could be a Christian and serve the devil, serve Satan too. Uh, and I told him he couldn't, quite frankly, just flat out. He had to repent of that. But, uh, you know, never heard from him again. But you have a lot of these kids, you see, a lot of these kids. And 
they haven't been trained in in anything. They have lukewarm churches. So we're not unlike the children of Israel at all. The stone was not the Davidic sovereignty, but the true seed of David, which was Yahshua, Jesus. See, Romans 9.33 tells you, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now see, the Jews stumbled at the, at the Messiah. And many of them, when he came, thought that it should have been a political Messiah to deliver Israel and set them back on the course as during the time of uh, Solomon, which uh, Jerusalem reached its zenith, and they had that temple and their you know, they they had their zenith of power. David had conquered all their enemies. So it was a, a perfect time. First uh, Peter 6 says, Wherefore also it is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Verse 7, Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed is the same as made the head of the corner. They rejected him from being the head of the corner, but, uh, you know, the in the building at all, and, and that's what many Jews today totally reject that. But he is, he is the cornerstone, even if they do reject it. Um, and verse 8, and a stone, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them that stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But to, and, and this is one of the really nice uh, flows that Peter puts. But you who believe that in this chief cornerstone, who is Yahshua, Jesus, you are a choice, chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, and we weren't. We weren't gathered with the Jews at all. We weren't serving a Jewish Messiah at all, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy. We didn't know anything about the mercy. We didn't know anything about promises of God. We had no hope, no nothing. We were serving pagans, pagan gods, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, he follows this up, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. That's in the world, see. Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. And having your conversation or your lifestyle here honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now see, they may not glorify you where you're living right now, but in the visitation that God will do at the end of time, their testimony will come out as what they thought. And your true works is what will glorify God in the day of visitation and they will see that and it's just like those who are doing wicked now and you behold it 
or they have done wickedness to you and don't repent of it and are proud of it. One day they will stand before God and you will be the witness to what they have done. And that's the way it's going to work when you stand before the Lord of God. There will be a cloud of witnesses. And when those who are wicked come standing forth, they are not going to be able to do any, any excuse whatsoever. In verse uh, 28, 17, Isaiah then continues, Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. Now see, let me make this clear. You see, if you've ever, you know, I have a, I have someone close that is uh, a good carpenter. My father-in-law was a carpenter too, and he's passed on. But when you're making a line, when you're cutting a board, when you're building a wall, when you're building a house, you need the plummet line and you need the line that you mark, and they have to be straight. They have to be according uh, to exact measures. Otherwise, the building won't fit. When God's judgment comes in and his line of judgment, the line of judgment is the law of God. And that law was given at Sinai. And it would judge the people accordingly. An exact rule of the law with no mercy. But see, even in God's judgment, he allows a mercy for those who will, like he, he told them, when the Babylonians came in, if they were to give themselves up, they would live. And so they still had to go through the judgment. And there is mercy in God's judgment. But for those who are stubborn and proud, that judgment will kill them. Now that's the physical judgment of this, uh, you know. And then you get into the spiritual when time is over and you stand before God in the great white throne judgment. Then you will face the second death. Because everybody, every, every soul faces two deaths. The first death, which is the death of the body. The second death is the death of the soul, the judgment on the soul. And when you accept Yahshua, and that's why God, and Paul does a real good job of explaining this from the standpoint of the children of Israel in Romans. I think it's Romans 13. But you can go through that and read that. But see, Israel, you know, when you're in there as a priest, you need to be laying it to the line and understanding that the community may look upon you and see you as holy. But God sees what you're doing that isn't holy. And God does not put up with sin in the priesthood. And this goes for you too, pastors and you so-called prophets and apostles, God sees you. Now, you can get away with it in a church. Matter of fact, there's coming a time that in the house of God, there's not going to be any sin whatsoever. Today, in the house of God, there's sin. And you can find the devil quite happy in most churches today. 
But understand, the plummet line, if you're plumbing something up or if you have uh, the plumb bob, it tells you how to measure and set things straight. And see, God's is the law. And see, for Isaiah, he was getting that through to them. You know, your, your temple can't be that way. You can't be doing those things. Now see, Jeremiah tried to tell them and they wouldn't listen. When the Lord came and he wept over Jerusalem, the first thing he said was, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. That was the answer the people had to the prophets that God sent. So make no mistake, if you're a Christian today and you're walking right with God and you're out here and you're trying to witness or if you're a preacher or if you're a prophet or whatever you are today and you're right with God and you're telling them the truth according to the word of God, they're going to hate you. That's the time we're entering in. There was a time when I was raised, you could pretty much talk about scripture anywhere, and you never got, nobody ever said anything against it. This stuff that's going on today, it would never happen when I was, when I was raised. Never. But then dad used a two-inch belt. And there was rule, all right, and there was law in our house, and dad made sure of it, and then he took us to church. Made sure we got in church. So there is a judgment line, and righteousness is what you're measured by. That's the plumb line when you're building a house. You know, it's lining up your lives to what God expects. Now, in the New Testament, God set forth apostles so they can write things down so you can line your life up. Now, when we go through the prophets here, we understand what they're dealing with. This is during the Sinai Covenant, but there's a lot of things here. You know, Christ fulfilled the law and the prophets. And a lot of, you know, the prophecies regarding the Messiah, he fulfilled. And you find stuff just like this one little scripture right in the middle of all this judgment where God is revealing the cornerstone. It's an amazing thing because God puts it there because he wants people to study, to show themselves approved, to uncover these nuggets and so in verse 18 it says in your covenant with death shall be disannulled or covered up or overlaid and then there's going to be a pardon and forgiveness and an atonement So, you know, when they made that, God overruled them because it was a theocracy. The prophets didn't see it. The high priests didn't see it. The only prophet that saw it was Isaiah here. The calamity was coming in. And and it talks in terms of waters or floods. That represents an army treading down everything i mean literally treading down the enemy treading in the country they go through your crops they go through your town they pillage as they go unless of course they have a focus on one thing but see in this case god would forgive them now he did the same thing with david david had sinned and asked god to forgive him and the prophet who came to him told him that god had forgiven him and he wouldn't 
he wouldn't do any more with it and that he would receive Bathsheba and the son Solomon as a result of that union. So God was in the habit to forgive when, like David, uh, and you can read his, his psalm that he wrote for forgiveness. Uh, and it's an amazing thing when you understand God has always been a God of forgiveness. He's always been a God of wanting to give you atonement, wanting to pardon you, but he's not going to accept the lawlessness. And so in verse 19, from the time it goes forth, it shall take you. For morning by morning shall it pass over. By day and by night it shall be a vexation only to understand the report. Now this is really good. From, from the time it goes forth, it shall take you. In other words, this calamity is going to happen. It's not going to be delayed. For morning by morning shall it pass over. In other words, every morning it's going to be going on. There's no intermission. By day and by night it's going to be going off. It's not going to stop. It's repeated every day and continued every night. And it'll be a vexation. This whole calamity from the time it begins. It became uh, agitation, distress, alarm. And when you try to understand what's going on, this whole thing brings an agitation to it because it never ends. It keeps going. Now, folks, now let's get into the here and now. Think of COVID. Is that distressing and agitating? Every morning you wake up, it's there. The nations, sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes. It seems to go down a little bit. Then all of a sudden somebody somewhere has it and some state has more or some nation has more of them. And it never goes away. It's still there. And you have people creating lockdowns and people have to wear masks. And then all of a sudden you have a whole ton of fires over here in the West uh, over in California all the way. It doesn't cross over the Mexican border. It doesn't cross over into Canada. That's where the judgment stops. And it's all over the place. And guess what? There was some people helping to start those fires. And it, it, you know, and it never stopped. So that was agitation and distress. And then you have Antifa and BLM who went through your liberal cities because they were allowed to do that. And uh, there was an agreement there. You can plainly see that. And it had to do with politics and hating Trump. And, well, guess what? We still have Antifa. And they still go on the street. They don't have to wear masks. They do whatever they want to. They're trying to defund the police. And this never goes away. Now, what I'm getting at, folks, is how you recognize judgment. See, this is how Isaiah is telling the people you're going to recognize what this is. I'm telling you that you take this and you look at today and you look at how far. Matter of fact, you can take this back a long ways. You can take this back even to Obama and what was going on back there and going forth. Because little by little, the agitation increased. Little by little, we saw persecution of Christians and Christian business owners. And that is, and a lot of other things were going on under Obama that many people just 
looked aside, especially the press. And then you get into Trump coming in, and oh, dear God in heaven, all hell broke loose because they hated him. Because they knew that he was going to undo what they had done. Because they had planned on having a socialist. Now, Obama said he's not a socialist, but that's what he was going to do. And now here you are, we're coming to a voting, and guess what? We're worried about the ballots. See, one thing after another, as this calamity, this thing that has come across, and it's like a flood, it's come across all of America, and a lot of the stuff, COVID, went across all of the nations of men. Folks, this is how you can tell judgment. And this is the time when God tells you to look to him. And in Isaiah 28, 20, it says, For the bed is shorter than that a man can stretch himself on it, and the covering narrower than he can wrap himself in it. Now this, this is talking about a bed. And of course we know that a bed has to be comfortable, especially it has to fit. But this is, this is allegorical that the prophet is using. Because he's talking about the approach of Sennacherib as he comes. How much rest have you gotten during COVID? How many times have you got to do like you used to do? For instance, go out to eat. See, there's a lot of things that isn't normal. And here, just seeing the enemy approach will keep you awake. Now, see, we have an enemy here in America, and they're freely roaming the streets, and they're the young people of America. It's interesting. I, I heard a black supporter. He was actually uh, of Trump, and uh, him and his wife lives, of course, in the inner city. And he was a pastor. And I think he was a black supporter of Trump. But at any rate, he said... He said, it's not the whites that are killing us. It's our own black boys and black girls on the streets that are killing us. Black on black violence, he was saying. He has to live with that all the time while everybody else ignores what's really going on. Antifa and Black Lives Matter want to remove the cops. They don't want them removed in the inner city because they know they have to stop what's going on. See, this is the vexation. This is the place where there's no intermission. This is the place of distress and agitation. This is the place where rest and calm would be nice, but it gets disturbed by what is going on around you, and it's threatening. Everything that's happening has been affecting you this whole year. At the beginning of this year, I felt in my spirit something was coming. And then when it was a couple of years ago that we had the eclipse. And I talked at the time about that representing the division in America. And you can find all that on my webs on our website at warren-usa.com. It's it's there. But today, you can choose life, or you can choose death. 
Life is through Christ. In Isaiah's time, it was refusing the bad and accepting the good. In other words, refusing those things that would cause you to turn against God and accepting what God wants you to do. And God knows that if he sent trouble, they would wake up. Some of them wouldn't, but most of them would. That was God's mercy. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your message in the prophets and the message in the New Testament. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Father, be with all those who hear this whenever they do. And bless them, be with them, comfort them, and speak to their hearts and draw them to yourself. In Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Tower. So don't forget to go to warn-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com. Check out our websites. And uh, you can follow us on many, many different avenues. Check the websites out. They'll tell you. Are you there? I am. It's kind of noisy. You are kind of noisy. Sorry. Well, we'll have to get you a new mic because the problem is with that. Yeah. We'll get it taken care of. But, you know, that I think one of them is a new mic. The other mic that I have don't fit this particular uh, mixer that I have. Hmm. So it's one of those other things. We used to do it on a phone line, and I, we don't do them anymore. We produce this stuff ourselves. So... Uh, the main thing is getting the word out, and we're sending it out to a lot of different places now. So, again, go to our website, warn-usa.com. On the front page, you can just scroll down. You can see all the stuff we've written, all the shows pretty much, and you can see um, where we are, you know, how to how to get the show. <laughs> we've got a lot of places you can listen. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is. I'm disappointed. Why? Because the show's over. It didn't seem like it went on very long. Well, it's going to be an hour. Actually, more than that because of some of the stuff we had to take care of. But hmm. It didn't seem like it was that long. It is. It, it is. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that you all joined us tonight. We love you. We pray for you. And remember, you're not alone. God is with you, and we're praying for you. So you have a good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, folks, shalom. Have a good night. May God bless you, and look up to the Lord, and remember, you have the choice here between life and death, and God can keep you in a pandemic. He can keep you during chaos. He Amen. can keep you during tribulation. 
look to the Lord. He took care of the children of Israel for 40 years in the desert. He can take care of you and your family. I believe that absolutely positively. Yes. So until next time, this is the Watchman. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.